Like Call It What You Want, which we know is your favorite podcast about the beautiful game, Viore is committed to delivering a great experience for everyone, which is highlighted by their new perspective on performance apparel. Everything is designed to work out in, but doesn't look or feel like it. In fact, I'm rocking their Stratotech polo right now, along with their Sunday performance jogger pants, so I can be business on top when I'm on camera, but super comfortable on the bottom. And it's just the best. Fiori gear is incredibly versatile, and it can be used for just about any activity. Running, training, swimming, lounging around, hosting podcasts, doing errands, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. And for our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash call it. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash call it. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash call it and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. We trust. I'm Jimmy Conrad alongside Charlie Davies and Heath Pearson. Do we consistently continue to bring the heat with our special guests or what? I will answer this for you. We always do because this week we're going to be joined by newly signed midfielder to Leeds United and an important catalyst for the U.S. men's national team's attack. It's Brendan Aronson. But before we bring him on, Charlie and Heath, what are you two going to pepper him with? Like the hard-hitting stuff? What kind of questions, Charlie, are you going to be asking Mr. Brendan Aronson? No, I don't ask hard-hitting questions. Yeah, right. I, I ask uh, questions. Upset. Unless you're upset. No. I ask questions that the people want. Hey, if the people want some answers, I will I will get those answers. You, you know you, you know what I like about, about Charlie the most, though, Jimmy, is when he leads into a question being like, look, you're obviously not in good form right now. <laughs> you know? Like, like, I've seen better from you, and that's not happening right now. Uh, so what do you think it's going to – like, that's that's the Charlie hard-hitting questions I, I want. I can't but, wait yeah. to these preface to these questions. <laughs> Heath, Heath, you got anything special planned for Brendan? No, I mean, I think it'll be a great conversation because he's got a, such a unique role within the national team right now. And then obviously the club career, his world's got to be uh, pretty upside down. I just feel fortunate that we were able to grab him and, uh, you know, pepper him with some stuff here. Yeah, good get, good get. All right, everybody, it is time to do the tale of the tape. Let's bring him on. He was born and raised in Medford, New Jersey. <laughs> Standing five foot, ten inches tall, weighing 154 pounds. And he also has pure muscle and flowing curly hair. It's the newest American player in the Premier League for this upcoming season who just happens to be one of the string pours for the U.S. Men's National Team. Let's give it up for Brendan Aronson! <laughs> Literally, that was the most lit introduction he's ever done. <laughs> yeah. I hope it's, so always, it's always a distant second to anybody else that tries to match that. <laughs> no, Brendan, like, thank like you so that. much. Thank you so yeah, much for welcome. coming on the show. We appreciate you. We know mm-hmm. that uh, you're busy with the U.S. Men's National Team right now. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been busy times as you guys could probably tell, but it's been amazing to be back with the guys and yeah, I'm I'm excited to be on the show. All right, cool. That's the spirit and attitude that we like to hear. So <laughs> that just sounds like it just sounds like he wants to go on vacation. That's what it sounds like. That sounds like a long. That's true. That sounds like a long. Hey, you other. Hey, Brendan, you you you're talking to three guys who got to summer as well at different points in their career yeah. and and had to be in national team. Didn't have to. It was honored to be in the national team, but also looking at the calendar, going like, man, I could sure use a break right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, listen, there's always time. As a footballer, there's always time for a break, and you know, you need it at some points. And it's definitely getting to the part of the season where I can I can feel my body starting to 
you know, get get tired and just want to be on the beach, but it's always an honor to to represent the country, and that's that's all. You can't say right no now. to that. You can't say no to that. All <laughs> right, first question coming from me. Uh, coming off the two friendlies against Morocco and Uruguay, I think it's yeah. safe to say that we all enjoyed having you at the top of the midfield, a little bit more central. And I'd like to think that you felt the same way because you scored against Morocco, a nice well-worked goal with the Walker yeah. Zimmerman over to the top. To Pulisic, you combined and uh, had a nice little tap in there. It's got to be a nice feeling. But when I think about your game against Canada at home early in World Cup qualifying, you also picked off a ball, good pressure in the middle of the field, finished the run, brought the attack to completion, as he likes to say, and got a goal there that was very vital for us. So, so do you like playing in the middle? Is that what you would prefer or... Do you like being out on the wing? I'm sure you don't care. I know the cliche. Yeah, don't, wanna... yeah, don't feed us any sound like yeah, we're yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just here to offense. play. So. Yeah, 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 I love wearing the crest. <laughs> yeah, Dyson, where, where do you like to set up shop? I yeah. guess is where we want to what we, what we want to know. Yeah, no, it's, I mean it's a good question. I mean, as you guys know, I, I've played the ten at Red Bull Salzburg, and I, I know my role in the middle. You know, uh, so it was good to kind of get a, another chance to play in the middle of this camp. You know. I, it worked out that I was able to play against Morocco and, and play, a, a, I think, a good game. And it was for the team. I think the flow of the attack and everything that I was a part of the game, it felt good in the middle, you know. And playing a little bit of a – this was a little bit different of a setup this past two games too because we're we're sitting with more Eunice and Tyler and then me and Christian kind of stay in the pockets. And that's where I like to think my game is at its best, you know, being able to, to get in the pocket, turn and drive with the ball and then play the final bass or shoot or combine. You know, but it's safe to say that I do really like playing the eight and it's something that I see myself playing in the future. And I think I can do this, this box to box midfield. Well, what did you, didn't you call yourself an eight and a half for a bit? Wasn't that a, yeah. a, a term you <laughs> yeah, were phrasing that was, for a little bit? Yeah, I, I like that. Listen, how, how nice was it finally to play against uh, a different type of opponent? Because, you know, CONCACAF is a completely different thing. Charlie was yeah. saying the whole time how much you guys suck in CONCACAF and things like that. We, <laughs> Jimmy and I disagreed, but uh, but how, how nice is it to play against a more international type of opponent than, than the qualifying that is and the difficulties that come with, with qualifying yeah. in CONCACAF? Yeah, like you said, it's it's tough in qualifying. You know, it's a, it's a different beast, and I think I learned that for the first time at these this qualifying campaign. It was tough. You know, these teams came out and and gave it their all, and if you didn't match their intensity, then you wouldn't win the game, especially in these away games. You know, at home we could keep the ball and we could play our way, but in away games, the field might not be the best, the conditions might not be the best, and you're not as up for it. So that's just things you need to come over as a team. And I think we learned as we went on and. For games to be against Morocco and Uruguay, it's just it's really good to test ourselves. You know, it's it's World Cup competition, top twenty-five. I think both of them are top twenty-five. I think Morocco was twenty-four, and what well, Uruguay was like thirteen or twelve or thirteen. So, mm-hmm. really good opponents. What we needed, we needed kind of it's just different kind of football. You know, it was more open, and yeah, I think it suited us well, and it was good for all the guys to see the level. You know, they're they're World Cup teams. They have a ton of quality and. I think the first game went really well, and the second game was good. I think we needed to create more chances, but and listen, games happen like that, and it was good for us to learn. I, I I was pumped that you guys had two, you know, elite countries come in to, pl- to yeah. play because you need to get outside of Concacaf and in different sure. styles. But I, both Heath and Jimmy, know I ask the questions <laughs> that the, the people want me to ask. I heard, so what? What I'm going to go here. The angle I'm going to take is, which position do you think will best suit you with this current national team for the World Cup? If you're starting, which position would it be? Because 
you know, there are some players who who don't have that flexibility. And I think that plays to the plays to their benefit in a case like, you know, Christian's going to play on the left. That's yeah. done. The nine, we have no idea. I think Timothy Weah has only been used on the right. You know, yeah. as, as much as people say, hey, put him up top. Let's let's give him a look. Um, and Weston McKinney and Yunus Musa, it seems like they're locks in a, yeah. in a way. So yeah. where, do, where do you think it is your best chance? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, all the guys in the position, I mean, they deserve to be in their position. They've played great throughout the qualifying campaign. They're fantastic players to begin with. I, can, I, only, I only take things and learn things from their game too, you know. So they're fantastic human beings and fantastic players. But for me, myself, you know, I think that, in my position, I mean, if there's guys in front of you, all you can do is accept, I mean, where you are at the time, but then work harder, you know, get better every single day. And that's something that I've always, I mean, yes, I, I've played a lot over the past couple of years, but I've always been learning. And that's my goal is to always learn. But for myself, I see myself in the future being a number eight, you know, a box to box midfielder that can defend, can attack, can score goals in that position, you know. So that's something that I like to play, but I'm still not taking away that I can play winger. You know, I like to go onto my right foot, I like to make runs in behind. But for me in my future, I think that I think I suit the eight for sure. I'm I'm kind of curious, Charlie. This is more for you than Brendan. But but if if the the guest doesn't like your question, do, do you do you then blame do you blame the people? Like, well, the people no. wanted me to ask this, so it's you, not my fault. I'm I'm great at like I have options. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm two steps ahead, Jimmy. Are, are you crazy? Are you uh, sure, just making sure. Just making sure. God. All right, all right. Back to Brendan. So, Brendan, uh, I've seen you state publicly in interviews that you're someone that likes to play in the front foot and play forward quickly. Yeah. And that's evident when we watch you play. What happens when you don't actually have the space to play into? Now, we're going to face yeah. two opponents in the Nations League in Granada and El Salvador, and then potentially in the World Cup with Wales and Iran that are going to most likely sit back and eliminate the space and the things that you like to do the most. So when that's taken away, what are you thinking about? What's your plan B in those situations? Because I can, I'm frustrated for you because I want to see you stretch out and have the space yeah. to do what you Salzburg. do best. <clears throat> yeah, no, like, like you said, it's... I think this is something that can also grow with my game. You know, uh, that's something that I want to be able to, especially as an eight, control the game. I think you know, sometimes in the Morocco game, I came back and I got it. And maybe me and Timo would combine, and then I'd switch mm -hmm. to the other side. So being able, like in my position, I like being able to come back, get a few touches, switch the point of attack, or maybe when I drop back, there was a few times where I would go next to the center back, and Reggie would move up, or Tim would come down just that kind of flexibility for me to come down, maybe beat a player on the run and then drive with it, you know? So these little things and, and also something I've been wanting to work on is long balls. You know, I want to be able to be able to turn, switch it over to back. And that's something we've been working on in training is these long balls. So we put the defense under pressure. And then when you put it over, you can always win second ball. So it just moves you up and you're able to do these things. So that's something that yeah I've been thinking about. Well, I was going to, I was just going to throw in when you're playing with Red Bull Salzburg, I'm sure you're the top team in the league. Most teams yeah. are going to be defending in low blocks. So yeah. how have you found success when you're playing in, in the domestic league to break down some of these, these teams that are just looking to, to get a point, you know, a zero, yeah. zero draw is a win for them. Yeah. That's what's tough about the Austrian league. I mean, yes, it's not the best competition in the world, but it's tough. You know, they make it tough for us. They defend, they take, I mean, when you're the first place team, everybody wants to beat you. You know, that's how it's always been. You know, everybody wants to to beat the top team and show that they can beat them. So it's always a tough game. But um, yeah, that's something that I had to deal with. In the beginning of the season, I kind of struggled with it a little bit because I was playing this this 10 that's like a false nine. It's not really what I enjoy playing, but it was a lot of freedom, you know. And as the season went on, I kept talking to the coach like, listen, like, can I have more freedom? Can I go to the sidelines sometimes? Can I go 
can I drop back and get it? And then as time wore on, it got better and better for me. And I think to break these teams, you need to have close connections with each other, little one twos, and then get them behind. Cause that's something Red Bull does really well. And that's something I like to do is these little combinations on top of the box, spread it out wide, whipped in crosses or little combinations on top of the box to score goals. And that's something, I mean, you know, at Salzburg, we play a four, four, two diamond. It's all through the middle. There's not a lot of width. So that's something that I think we can bring to this national team. All right, Brendan, you are Greg Berhalter for a moment. You got two games <laughs> left in this win in this window uh, of of having the team together. What are you trying to get out of uh, this the these final two games? Obviously, against what I think are I don't want I don't not to use the word inferior, but but lesser opponents than what you played already. Yeah, uh, and so it's harder to evaluate players in a certain way. It's harder to to um, yeah, just just guarantee you're going to get something out of it. So so you're Greg in these last two games. What are you trying to get out of these these matches of value with the with the roster that you have? You still got to build your roster. You got to select a team for a World yeah. Cup. You're still working on your starting lineup, including yourself, who's yeah. kind of in and out of a few different spots. What are you trying to get out of these? Yeah, like you said, I think see where people can play the performances of guys. I think also it's, it's about defending the title. I think that we want to defend the nation's league. We won the very first one and it's about getting two results. We want to show that we can go to El Salvador and we can get a result, even though it's tough, even though it's not the best conditions, we want to show that we can dig deep and get results, you know, in, in tough places. And with Granada on Saturday, we want to try to or Friday. We want to dominate this game. We want to take it to them the entire game and show, that we've grown even more. So that's, I think that's the starting point that Greg wants to start and also develop new ideas. I think that this new three, two buildup that we've kind of brought into it with Eunice and Tyler sitting in two tens is something that's been working. And it's just, we need to keep getting more uncomfortable with different types of games. Has Greg shown you highlight tapes, you know, of, of past matchups between us and Granada? I don't know. Maybe there's a, a play where Heath had a, a nice uh, little cross. A, you know, a little play Char- Charlie may have had a little nice little finish. You know, uh, what, Des, roll the tape. You guys, <laughs> that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, you know, we may have, we may have uh, you know set the tone for this uh, Granada match a good old decade plus ago. Uh, was it gold? We set, we set the tone, or was it gold cup? Oh yeah. This was just this was just before Charlie's uh, big move. He actually didn't even finish the tournament with us uh, because he, he, made, he made his big move coming off of Confederations Cup, um, <laughs> and then and then you know played in that one. Score? Did you play in the second game too, Charlie, or did you just dip out after that and go get? No, I, I played the, the first three and then okay. I dipped and then I and dipped. then he dipped out to get because I I was like oh, man this team they got it they have I have all the confidence I in like them to that. deliver. I like, that. I like and, that. In the final, it didn't go so well, but. Um, you know, I look at this this team and I'm thinking, for us on the outside, the 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 big question marks for for everyone are are the nine and and the the center back because goalkeeper we know whether they're playing club or not playing, no one's really too nervous about. Matt I'm Turner, nervous. Zach Stefan, Ethan Holbrook. Uh, hey, they don't, they don't if none of them play for six months. I'm nervous, man. I, I, I'm, I, I have belief. I have <laughs> okay. belief. Whether okay. whoever steps up to the to, to the spot and, and yeah. is going to be the goalkeeper, but what are you guys feeling on the inside? Is it man, we we're there? We just got to figure out you know different passing patterns and relationships with whoever's playing the nine because I feel like you've played the ten. There is no one supporting the nine. Whoever's playing there, and yeah. if that nine has to drop back, yeah. now you're losing that that threat. Yeah, so it's true. What what is it for you guys that you're on the inside working on on to get better? And what do you think is the biggest issue i guess if if that was the word yeah i think i mean 
there's not really a word to put on it because I think that everybody that at this camp deserves to be at this camp. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's okay. Jesus hasn't scored in the past games. He's still doing other things well. You know, he's pressing well. He's he's forcing it to one side. He's he's making it easier on the other guys on the team. So I think that with Jesus, time will come because I think he. When I see him in training, I think he has so many qualities as a number nine. He might not be the strongest and maybe not able to hold the ball up like some other guys have, but he has so many qualities in and around the box and. That's something that's awesome about him. And same with Haji that's in camp right now. He's got a lot of qualities, such a giant upside to him. So I think it's just time, you know, and I think that we've done a great job of creating opportunities and we will continue to, but I think it's about giving, I mean, that's, I don't want to say time because I know people want to see things, but you know, it's tough in that kind of situation when I think everybody around the whole situation isn't really thinking about positions like that. You know, everybody's super happy with the things are going on. We, We got to the world cup and now it's just about focusing and, you know, the World Cup's up for grabs. You know, anybody could show up to a World Cup and do great. So I think that's where things are at, and that's the mentality. Okay, well, speaking about mentality, uh, I know that you've played for a Philly sports team, mm-hmm. and then for Salzburg, but I'm thinking more from a Champions League perspective. And then definitely with Leeds next season, the club teams you've played for or will play for in the future always seem to have something to prove. Mm-hmm. And when we played, me, Charlie, and Heath played on the U.S. Men's National Team, we felt the same way. We weren't really getting the respect that maybe we thought that we deserved and we're trying yeah. to earn. But now, and which is in large part due to you and your talented teammates, the perception is starting to change that our national team is good enough to run with anyone. Mm-hmm. So how have you and this group dealt with those expectations? And in short, how do you manage the hype around what you guys are capable of? And and anytime maybe a player comes in who's been scoring a bunch of goals and, and managing you know, just keeping, let's say humble might be not be the right word, but just keeping everybody in, in balance. Yeah. Yeah. You're rich now, man. You're rich. <laughs> That's well, got to oh, be a lot to deal with. I, I think about, I, I think about the hype now around the team, just in general, you guys right, are going right. out for lunch or dinner and yeah. it's like, Oh God, you know, I feel like it's at an all time high. So how do you, yeah. 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 How do you yeah. Bring it down. I think that, I mean, we have so many personalities that are just so humble on this team. You know, a lot of guys that are doing great and, and playing great. There's just so many humble guys and it's just so refreshing. You know, it's such a, it's such a good thing to have when you have so many just great guys. How about the one that just bleached his hair? How about that guy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you Maybe did you do it? Did you do it? Did did you do it? it looked like hairdo, somebody did like, it for him. That didn't like know what I'm he's telling doing. you, he's the most humble guy I've really one of the most humble guys I've ever met with the, how well he's done with everything. So I got to say that. But yeah, I mean, it's just a fantastic group of guys, and everybody just loves being around each other. And there's not really that I don't know arrogance to anybody that I feel like you know. It's just such a like everybody gets along. I don't think anybody doesn't get along. Like we were out golfing the other day, just doing a little chip and putt when we first got here. Cause we had a day off and we were outside and people came up to us and stuff, but everybody's willing to take pictures. And it's just awesome to see how football or soccer is growing in the States. So it's awesome to see. You know, if there was a, I think the, the theme has been, this team has gotten a lot of uh, experience from, from nations league to gold cup to now world cup qualifying but there's still this constant chatter of, yeah, it is a team that's together. They've come through it all together, but it still lacks World Cup experience. It still lacks, you know, a lot of players playing at club level. Yeah. I mean, do you think, is does any of that seep into the team? Is there any of that discussion of something to prove with that? Uh, or or is it just go out and play? We've been, we've been playing soccer our lives and we've been having fun with it. So I think it's about just going out and not feeling any of the pressure and just playing what we've been playing our entire lives. You know, it's, Yes, it's it's a lot of pressure, you know. You're at a World Cup, everybody's eyes are on you, you know. But I think that at least with me, I just I've been playing the game. I love playing it. I love learning different things and I'm sure that's with 
most of the guys that are on the field. So I think it's just about going out, having fun, trusting each other and yeah, going from there. But there is some pressure about, yeah, we don't have older guys there. They don't, we don't know how to maybe deal with a world cup and the amount of games and maybe it's in Qatar, but I don't think anybody's worried about it right now. We're still a couple games away from it, which a couple games is pretty not that far away, but yeah. it does it does feel like it's getting closer and closer. What's your take on the group? You you see the yeah. the, the draw come out, and all of a all of a sudden you see Wales um, being being the the last team added to the group. Yeah. What are you thinking? What are your thoughts? You know, has there been chatter in in the the meal rooms? Yeah, there's definitely been some chatter about that. I mean, a lot of the questions that I've been getting asked with the interviews and the media, it's about the group, you know. And I think to start off with England, of course, we know how much depth they have and how much, how many great players they have that play at top leagues and score goals and assists week in and week out. And we know that, but we know that we might be the underdog in a game like this. But I always feel like when you're in the under, at least with Red Bull Salzburg, I was we were the underdogs in our group, you know, but we came out in second place and maybe even should have came in first. So for us, we're not going there to just participate. We're going there to win. You know, we're not, that's the focus. And I think that's something that's great. And with the other two teams, I mean, Iran finished second, I think in Asia or whatever group they're in. So that was, I mean, they're a good team. And lastly, Wales is a good team too. So I think it's going to be a tough group, but I think we're going to be ready to go. Really. I'm, I'm really confident and I think we're going to take it to every team. Yes, inject that mentality straight into my veins. Brendan Aronson, we're going to take a quick uh, break in our only break of the show. When we get back, we're going to talk a little Leeds United and a little bit more about Brendan's family. Don't go anywhere. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. All right, everybody, welcome back to In Soccer We Trust. I'm Jimmy Conrad alongside Hollywood Heath Pierce and Charlie Chuck Wagon Davies and our very, very special guest, Brendan Aronson, who wears the number 11 shirt for the U.S. Men's National Team. And what number are you going to wear for Leeds? Has that been determined yet, Brendan? That, is, that has not been determined yet. What are you angling for? You didn't have it in your contract? Are you, are you waiting for, no, are you waiting I, I mean, for Rafinha to leave? That I so like you can take number take, 10 or what? Yeah, there's yeah. No, I'm not. I don't feel like I want to take the number 10 jersey. That's just something I'm not. Uh, like You don't, you don't like want I that pressure? With, no, not the pressure. It's just I just... I like being well. My favorite number's always been number seven. Uh, I like number eleven now since I kind of have it. I had it for the national team, and now I have it for I had it for my club. So I'm kind of waiting for maybe two of those to come up. So we'll see. Okay, so talk to us about Leeds. Obviously, you made the move from Philadelphia Union to RB Salzburg, playing for Jesse Marsh, now mm-hmm. being reunited with him at Leeds United. What was that phone call like when that became finalized? When you saw him in person, did you give him a big bear hug? I mean, tell us about that whole process, because I'm sure a lot of people don't know exactly yeah. how that works. Yes. To begin with, it, it started in 
January where they they came in a few times for the club, but you know, the, of course, Red Bull Salzburg has the authority to say no, and they did. And I think that that was it was okay with me because I, I loved playing for Red Bull Salzburg at the time, and my role was to help the team go through to the next round of Champions League at the time, you know, and and win the league and win the double. So I was fully focused on Red Bull Salzburg, and I wasn't worried about anything that happened then. And and then in the summer they came back again and they stayed interested and I was super thankful for that. And yeah, they, uh, yeah, the deal went through and it was an amazing feeling being able to play. We'll soon be able to play in the best league in the world and play under a guy that I, I've known before, which is, which is also really good and is a fantastic coach and I'll learn even more from, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's an amazing feeling and something I've dreamed of my entire life. So uh, what's the goal for you for this upcoming season at, at 10 Leeds. goals, 10 assists, man. I'll yeah. for him. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> I mean, it's you, you've obviously had quite a bit of success the last couple of years as, as a young professional, but now you're going to a different level into a club that maybe doesn't have the same budget as, say, an RB Salzburg does with regards to their, their domestic competition. And you're going to have to fight for points in a different way. Now, I think the way that Leeds plays fits into your style of play, but what, what are your personal goals stepping into this season, knowing that you've made this, this big commitment uh, at a time where, you know, we have a World Cup looming and and, and all that. Yeah, it was just like, you know, it came up and I feel like you can't pass up on opportunities that come your way. And when it feels right, it feels right. You know, you, there's nothing else to that. You know, I know that it was OK, there's a World Cup coming up. But for me and for my future, I feel like this is the right move for me to grow my game even more, um, to get stronger, to get faster, to think even faster to play faster, all these things. I think that this will bring the best out of me playing in the EPL week in and week out. And I think just to begin with what I want to have next year, it's just, you know, going in and helping the team as best I can. And I think that that includes like, like Jimmy said, getting goals and assists and, and going in with the open mind that whatever happens happens, but I know that I'm going to work harder than everybody, anybody else to, to get in the spot and get in the team. You walk into the locker room. And Daniel James is staring, staring at you. He's, <laughs> he's sitting in front of your locker, like, Could be Calvin hey, "What Phillips are you gonna do?" Too. I mean, and, and you're you're competing against both. It's true, people, right? And, yeah, and it's true. No, I mean, what I, what's what, what, what do you think of going into an atmosphere like this? I mean, if he would him spot, that'd be kind of awkward. I'm not gonna lie, but uh, <laughs> yeah, because but, you might be competing to play in the same yeah, position, right? In the same position, and I think that's anywhere you go. You know, when I came into Salzburg, it was kind of the same way. I had to earn my spot. It wasn't just gonna be oh, you're going to come in and get it because there was a guy lined up to be in the spot before me. But like I, like I did at Salzburg, I came in with the right mentality and I showed Jesse that I deserved to play with the preseason I had and the way I was playing in the league. It was consistent and it was really good. So I think this is what I want to bring to Leeds and just show that I'm a hard worker and I'm going to be there for the team always. But j- just to go into that, <laughs> he calls you. He yeah. tells you, we're signing you and it's this massive fee, okay? Yeah, it's, this is this is not chump change. No, this yeah, is a no, massive right. fee. They're investing in you. Was it you're going to play from start? You don't have to prove yourself because I know what you're already about. And did he tell you which position you're going to play? No, it wasn't. I don't think you can ever say that you're just going to come in and play. You know, especially, I mean, whatever fee it is. I mean, yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a lot of money. You know, and I'm grateful and I'm thankful to to say that this club invests this much money in me and thinks about me this way, which is it's amazing to say. And all I want to do is now play my heart out every single game for the club, you know? And I think 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go into it knowing that I'm going to play. You know, you always have to earn your spot. That's something that always comes with it is football. You have to earn your spot. And I want to earn my teammates' trust and earn the coach's trust again. Now, we had another attacking player join a Premier League team last season named Josh mm-hmm. Sargent. Did you text him at all? And he's like, you know what, man? I don't know. It wasn't that great of an experience. <laughs> uh, we got relegated. It was kind of a shit show. You know, I mean, oh, did you have why do you have to do that to Josh, I'm man. just saying. He's taking a stray right now, and I apologize <laughs> for that. But, 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 but he also, you know, walked into a what could potentially be a difficult situation. And I think mm-hmm. Leeds are going to do much better than they did last season, of course, yeah. especially because you're on the team, but style of play as well. But yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And there's going to be a lot of differences there, but, but did you talk to anybody else about this potential move to the premier league, including Christian? Yeah. I talked to a bunch of people about it from other coaches to ex teammates like Harris. Benugenin. I know Charlie knows him. Uh, yeah. And just Christian and, all these guys, you know, it's a big move and it's going to the best league in the world. And Christian says it's it's such a challenging league. You know, it's it's very challenging. Week in and week out, you're playing individuals that play. It's, it's not even individuals. It's a team of individuals that can win games, you know. So you're playing against this week in and week out. And that's something that I know that's going to come with it. I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm going to walk in and it's going to be, I'm a big player now. No, it's not like that. You know, I know I need to go in there and get better from the start. And, yeah, I mean, I it's going to be tough. I know it is, but I'm ready for it. And I'm ready for this next step in my career. Called Jack Harrison. Hey, hey, <laughs> yeah. hey listen, Brennan, Brennan's already gotten a big head. Let's be honest. You know? <laughs> no, no, Hey, no. he used to text me back. He, I used to get a text back. I don't know, a few minutes, but now we're talking about li- literally like, you days. know, almost, almost, no, almost I'm days not good time, with my text know? messages right now. Yeah. I'll, see, I'll tell you, that's I, what happens. Uh, that's what happens. You know, okay, he's, he's, but that was a bad time because I was literally, I swear I was setting up everything airplanes to get any, it was crazy. Hey. My girlfriend was there. You know, a lot of time has to be devoted to her because of course, four months of not seeing her is tough. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Hey, let's talk about let's talk about the differences. <laughs> Obviously, you played under now Jesse Marsh, and you'll play under Jesse Marsh in the Premier League uh, versus Greg Berhalter. I mean, what are some of the similarities or differences in their style of coaching, the mentality, the demands that they have? I'm sure there's similar demands, but in terms of just People management, man management, tactics. I mean, what what makes them similar? What makes them different? Just for 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 people who'd be curious on the outside. Yeah, good question. I think that they're similar in the way that they want to play. You know, they always want to be on the front foot. I think Greg has has really introduced this in the past year and a half. You know, this high flowing kind of football where we're getting after them, we're pressing them, and I think that this is the same way Jesse wants to play too. It's it's attacking high, it's pressing, it's being on the front foot and not being afraid of anybody. You know. And differences, like, honestly, like, they're so similar with the way they want to play. Yes, it's different systems, and but it's still, like, this pressing football, and they want to be on the front foot. And But that's got to be hard on the national team, right? Because it's not yeah. like a club team you do – you could do three days a week where you press for 15 yeah. minutes in training and learn, true. you know, game situations. Yeah. On the national team, you know, one player doesn't show up, one player doesn't, doesn't arrive at the right time. You get broken down by anybody, including CONCACAF. I mean, it's yeah. got to be a challenge, right? But I think Greg has done a great job with that. You know, we, we do a lot of focusing on film. We bring it into training sessions when it's, I mean, 105 degrees outside today. You know, now it's more of a, a tactical day. You know, you're getting some touches, but then you're going through, okay, this is how we want to press. This is how we want to break the team down that we're playing. So tactical things like this give us an idea on the field that what we're looking for, you know. So now we know that the left back, and since the left back is going to be higher since we're playing with a three, that if a center mid gets it, it's just a diagonal. It can just be a blind switch, you know, and he's always going to be there, especially with teams that are so deep, you know, and you can get into their box quickly. So little things like this is what Greg's done a very good job of in not having us for 
a long, long time. Hey, Jimmy, how much can we sell this, that tactical, uh, that his little tactical... Um, to what, Iran know? and Wales yeah. and England? No, I we can sell uh, El Salvador, you know? <laughs> That's true, El <laughs> 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 Hopefully they don't, I don't give away too many tactics coming up. Uh, what, <laughs> I still have to go out there and execute. It's all out uh, there. They yeah, can watch all, the also yeah. true. It's all about what, execution. What are, you, what are you most looking forward to this season in the Premier League? Because I know you, you always watch the games. You're a big yeah. fan. Now you're you're in it. What are you most looking forward to? It's just it's always been a dream just to play against you know the the the, the atmosphere you know the fans being in stadiums that I've grown up wanting to play in you know thinking about being in like an Anfield or something like that or Old Trafford being in stadiums like this and just playing at this level you know I'm so excited and I'm just I'm ready to learn like I, I after this I would go right to if I could I'd just go right to. <laughs> my girlfriend and my family might not want to hear this, but I would go right in because I'm so excited and I'm really ready to get started. And yeah, I just, it'd, I want to show It'd be also. such an American thing to have uh, Brendan just training at Ellen Road by himself, you know, <laughs> in, in the, every morning just going in there to train alone. So, to yeah. the Rocky music, you know. Uh, <laughs> so, so is there one player that you're really looking forward to playing against when you get in the Premier League? Or and, a club. And, and, yeah, or a club. And also just to tack on to this, we have a bit of a tradition. Any guest that comes on, is there any famous jersey swaps that you made or any regrets of swaps that you didn't get? Like when you played Bayern yeah. in the Champions League, do you wish you would have gotten Lewandowski or anything like that? Not after the 7-1 loss. I, 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 did it the first game. I did it the first game. That was that was the best time to do it. But I'll say that now. I did get Muller's jersey after the first oh, game. That's a boy. That's nice. a good guy. I was really that's happy about yeah. That's a awesome, guy. awesome guy, too. Really nice guy. And he was a There's only guy. so many times he can ask you before you got to say yes, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, he had to ask me so many times, you know. No, I was the one that went up to him and was like, hey, can I have your jersey, of course. But, yeah, no, it was – that's definitely the best jersey I've got. I, I like him a lot as a player. You know, he's super smart, always makes the right pass. I mean, you can tell he's like 35 now, 30. He's in 33 to 35, and he's putting up numbers like he's uh, Kevin De Bruyne, you know. And then player that I w- want to play against in the Premier League, there's so many, you know. I mean, so many I I watch week in and week out. I would probably say Kevin De Bruyne would probably be number one on that list. I'll, I'll be honest, Brennan, he looks like he should be managing an office depot or something. Like, he doesn't yeah, look like a professional like a footballer. Yeah, he, he does until right. he blows yeah. by you. Yeah, yeah, until he, like, he just, he just <laughs> drives with the ball. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Absolutely me. accelerates by you. Yeah, it's, um, he's so fast. You better get that jersey, I'll tell you that. Yeah, no, that's yeah. that's one I definitely want. And tell Zach. Hook it up. Yeah. Tell Zach. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey. Were there any other questions? Was it the stadium? I don't know. I asked like six stadium. Oh, yeah, the stadium one is... Anfield for sure. I've always been a Liverpool fan growing up. I was a huge Gerard fan and Fernando Torres, that era. And uh, I like to say I'm like one of the, you know, like when they weren't doing so good, I was still the fan. So definitely Anfield. Oh, fair enough. Hey, I got to ask you this because uh, because Rusty told me I got to I got to ask about Diamond Beach and some time off that you got coming up. <laughs> Is this yeah, is this no. where you spend is this where you spend your time in the off season? Oh, Jersey, yeah, Jersey Shore. Yeah, Jersey Shore. That's why I'm not going anywhere. I told you guys, but maybe before the show that I'm not going anywhere else besides the Jersey Shore. Where do you That's where just, do you hang out? Like DJ Polly's house? <laughs> DJ Polly's house. The show, not the show. The Snooki? show is not what it represents. No, that's yeah. okay. but no, just being at the shore with my family and my girlfriend. I mean, just like these two and a half weeks, I'm not huge on I mean, I love to travel and stuff like that, but when I have time to just go home spend with family, see friends that I haven't seen in a while, see my brother, but I'm not even going to be able to see him and see my girlfriend is, 
it's just an amazing feeling and I, I can't get enough of that. So. so, so I'll jump in and say about your dad, Rusty, uh, he sounds like a bit of a character and, uh, yeah. you know, he's got the real Jersey FC and, and yeah. you tell us a little bit about, about your dad and, and I'm sure your mom's done a, uh, infinite amount of sacrifice. Like all of our moms did as well. Yeah. Shout out to the moms out there, but, but, uh, just his influence and, and, uh, what he's doing now. Cause he seems like he loves it. He's so passionate. Yeah. He's, he's been passionate from day one, you know, and he was never, I mean, he got me involved with football or soccer at a really young age. You know, he's. He got me involved, but he was never like pushy about it. You know, he's never pushing it upon. He let me play everything. And I was, I never felt that like pressure, you know, so it was always good. And we had a really good relationship because he would want me to come to him to train, you know? So it was never, he'd come to me to train. It was me go to him. Mm -hmm. And this was, I mean, when I was younger, I was out there every single day in the backyard with my brother. And what age, what age would you say? Did you like take it? Like you knew that. Like take it from there, probably like seven, Seven. eight, you know, like. This is the time where I just got into travel, you know, where you're traveling, you're collecting all the little badges on your oh, hand. Yeah. <laughs> you know that, yeah, like that day, it's just like, and then you develop this like love for it, you know, just, and then that was a time where I was just asking him, come on, let's go shoot. Let's like two times a day, three times a day. It was just like a passion that I, I had from day one. And then also my brother, you know, I think my brother and I developed a love because we had each other, you know, I was so grateful to have a brother that I could grow up with and play with every day and he challenged me everything was a competition you know and but at the end of the day we never had a bad relationship you know after it we'd we'd go play fifa together or something you know something like that that's not what he told me yeah he didn't tell me that either he didn't tell me that he's just not like me he's just he's all straight faced (laughs) i'm i'm uh i'm proud of you that's all i can say Um, thanks charlie i appreciate it you've come a long way and you've always had the same mentality of i want to get better i'm here to learn i've never i'm never gonna sit here and be like man it's my first time with the the first team training with the union and i've made it i'm done like yeah you were always pushing and um it it shows why why you've you've reached the heights that you have and you're just getting started so keep going thank you i appreciate it so what about paxton though can we talk about paxton's future a a little bit like wait wait, but say you're his hype guy where what do you think no, I, I am his hype guy because I think he's unbelievable and he he's going to get his time. You know, I, I keep telling him and I watch I watch all the Philadelphia Union games, of course, because I feel so connected. I mean, I come in here and I talk about the MLS with all the guys all the time because I just I love the league, you know, and and what it did for me at a young age. And yeah, I, I know all the stats of the players. I hey, but Brendan, you know that that's a little unique, right? Like that's. I mean, that was a little more like Michael Bradley-esque as my roommate, where like I'd come back and watch movies, and he'd come back and watch film all day, every day. That's a little yeah, more. Is, you're you're you're, you're a little bit more in that like, <laughs> hey, like you know, after yeah. everybody's trying to get a nap, you're like, anybody want to get some touches in? You know, play a little soccer, tennis in the meal yeah, room, that, type of thing. That's that not that's not try, that yeah. normal, man. He's got an yeah, MLS tat on his chest. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would pass as me because I just I don't know. I just I love paying attention. I'm just. I like that's the only thing like I can only I'm not good with like my memory but when it comes to f- soccer it's just like I can remember the players the stats everything so that's something that kind of comes easy for me but yeah I mean I've been watching him and he just has to be patient and his time will come you know Gazdok's having a great season as of right now he's getting goals and assists but yeah Paxton just needs to continue to do his thing he has the right mentality like me so his time will come I'm I just envisioning you texting Jim Curtin like hey man you know, like <laughs> some things. I'm yeah. over in Europe now. Like, uh, yeah. maybe try something a little bit different. We're just giving you a hard time. Brendan Aronson, everybody. Thank you.
thank you, Brendan, for coming on the show. You're an yes. absolute beast. We wish you thank the best you. of luck, not only in these upcoming games in June, but also in September and, of course, the World Cup itself. Good luck with Leeds as well. Thank you, guys. As Appreciate you know, it. we'll be pulling for you. Thank you, guys. Hey, wait, Appreciate you got it. plugs for the tickets? You got plugs for tickets for the World Cup? You yeah, yeah. How do you think, I mean, you think the show is free? Yeah, <laughs> I, can, I can get you guys. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. I'm pretty okay. sure the new collective bargaining agreement said, you know, old former players. Yeah, get tickets yeah, to the no, yeah sure. I don't know. Yeah, yeah you didn't for fight sure. for anything for us. I mean, we <laughs> can't get tickets for dude. <laughs> what about us has-beens? Brendan Aronson, everybody. Thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate you. See you guys. See ya. All right. So now it's just us three, me and Chuck and Heath. Let's do a little like five minute uh, decompress about what we just heard. Mm -hmm. Fantastic interview from one of my favorite players on the U.S. men's national team. Heath, I'll come to you first. Uh, Anything that stood out from what he said? Yeah, I personally think that Charlie let him off the hook a couple of times. He did. He didn't give him the hard questions. Yeah, he gave gave him some hard ones, but he gave soft answers and Charlie didn't like, you know, double down. I went went in a couple of times. Yeah, I I just... I, I just feel like once. maybe maybe Charlie's losing his edge a little bit, you know. Um, <laughs> you know, maybe he's maybe he's flying a little too close to the sun with with guys that he's played with and knows well. You know, we need to keep him one step removed uh, <laughs> as like the guy that comes in for the kill, you know, on these shows. You know? Uh, but no, I think I think I think um, he, he's such a smart kid and and he's obsessed with with football, which is really. I think in his mind is normal, but it's not normal, right? It's 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 a rare, it's a character type, it's a mentality, and you can't always. You, you know, all of us that have kids now, you can't always just instill that. There's some of that has to come from within them and you can't teach that sometimes. And, and obviously he was raised in the culture of soccer within his house that helped to nurture that. But um, yeah, just just hearing his mentality. He's one of the few people that when he gives a general answer, he actually means it, you know, which is like, I'm just going to put my head down. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to like those things where it's like, he's actually doing that. Where if like, if I said that is because I don't want to answer the question or, <laughs> or I just want to get through the interview. So yeah, I, I, I like it. Yeah, one of my favorite parts was the fact that he kept using the word learn, that he wants to learn. He's going to get up to this next spot with Leeds and, and anything he's doing with the national team, he wants to continue to learn. And I think that growth mindset, Charlie, is really important to him maximizing his potential as a player. And I don't think we've really scratched this. Well, we have scratched some of the surface, but I think he has so much more room to grow and to really showcase uh, how much ability he does have. He's he's a he's a he's a special player in in the sense that he's hungry. He loves the game. He studies the game. Um, he has no eagle uh, ego. He's he's super. I don't humble. think he has an eagle either. He doesn't have an eagle. <laughs> uh, super super humble. Um, and now he's he's getting to to play on the biggest stage, and so he recognizes the significance of the opportunity. And so if he can take it with both hands, and he's got a coach who believes in him. It's, he's he's going to have to force Greg Berhalter's hand because, you know, he he is playing that flexible position where he can be moved around. Right now, I don't think he's in the, the starting 11 if you had to pen it today, pen it down today. And because of that, he needs to have a, a big, not that they all don't, but I think him in particular, if he has a big season to start with leads, that he's going to force himself into, into the 11. Yeah, okay. It's, it's, well, Heath, yeah. I want to I ask you the question that you asked him. What do you think his goals should be, his personal goals? What do you think would would be success for him in this first season in the Premier League at age 21, playing for Jesse Marsh? I mean, I, I said 10 goals, 10 assists is a bit of yeah, a joke. Yeah. I'm sure he's probably, because that's what he does, and clearly he's already he's thinking big. The, that's what he wants to do, and he mentioned that. But what do you think is realistic for him? Yeah, and, uniquely, and for everybody else's expectation. Yeah, look, I, I think uniquely he's going to come under criticism because he's not going to put up 10 goals and assists for what they paid for him, right? 
And that's going to come when you when you watch him. He's not a sure starter in, in our national team. But when you see that he's on the field, he's always contributing in ways that might not be goals and assists. And the quicker people can understand his game and his style of play, he's going to be the one that pokes away that first ball that leads to a counterattack goal. He's going to be the one that traps the team or makes the game predictable and those types of things. So for him, it's to literally create that consistency where one, you earn the trust of Jesse at the Premier League level, you're earning the trust of the fans, because I think that's an important part of the Premier League is, is earning that trust for, for being teammates as well, of being that consistent factor. When he's on the field, he's contributing. Uh, and then the goals and assists can, uh, can sort itself out, because I don't think he'll ever be that goals and assists type of player where you're going to see it necessarily on the stat sheets. But when you look at the results that the team gets when he's on the field, when you look at the way where the goals come from, where they start, where the transitions come from, those are the things that I think he's going to be a catalyst for for leads moving forward. And so to have that consistency for his first season, I think is is, is most important more than the actual numbers themselves. And, and Jimmy, just just to go off of that, I mean, you look at Rafinha; he had eleven goals and three assists, right? And he, and he's you know they're they're saying you got to pay eighty five million to get him. You know, mm-hmm. ten goals, ten assists in the Prem. There's not too many people who do that. No, of course, I'm just. So, I, 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 I'm glad we're having this conversation because I want yeah. to give that context to how difficult that actually is. Right. And, and, you know, Jack Harrison had eight goals and one assist. Daniel James had four goals and four assists and they, they paid, they paid, you know, 32, amount. 32 yeah, million. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think if his goal should be to be, to play, you know, start in, in all the matches that, that would be the first goal is, Okay, I, I got to start in every match. And what do you have to do to start every match? You have to contribute. So be consistent. I, I would say five goals, five assists, but consistent playing time. And, and starting and, what? And 30 starting. out of 38 games. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That okay. I'd say that would be a huge win. Huge. No, well, the not, temptation, the temptation is gonna be that he's gonna feel that pressure to say, I was this player at Salzburg. Now I'm this player because of the cost. Now I've got to I gotta do more. And that's when you start to see people fall apart, trying to play outside of their game and try to, and he doesn't seem like that guy that feels like we've seen that now with, mm-hmm. you know, seem like a little Ricardo Pepe and some others where the pressure comes with this extra expectation to deliver more as opposed to just do what you do, but, you know, do it at a higher level type of thing. Now, Charlie, I want to throw it back to you. I thought it was interesting when asked about Jesus Ferreira. I think he might actually brought up Jesus Ferreira about the little things that he does, that even mm-hmm. if he's not scoring goals, still gets himself in good spots, still helps the team in different ways that maybe people don't appreciate and or value. Well, and, and that's kind of the same things that I think Heath is describing, that he brings to the table, that consistency is key. And as we've mentioned before, we'll mention again, Olivier Giroud was the number nine for France, didn't score one goal when France won the last World Cup. So do you think there's room for Jesus Ferreira, given this insight that you've gotten from Brendan Aronson, that he could be our number nine? Yes, in in the sense that they are they obviously trust that he has the quality, hasn't necessarily shown in terms of goals and production, and Olivier Giroud I think is, it, you know it's a it's a good metric to have that you don't need a nine to score goals to win a World Cup, and mm-hmm. and that was evident. But what he was able to provide because they had a player like Mbappe, you know, the U.S. doesn't have an Mbappe, so. I think, and then what did he do well? The hold-up play, a right. big physical presence. Jesus Ferrer is not that. He even said he's not strong. There are areas of his game that he needs to drastically improve to not only be the starter of the World Cup, but be successful. Because you can be, you, he could start if the World Cup was tomorrow, 
But that doesn't mean that the U.S. is going to do well and they're going to have success. The but hold the play is so key. The hold the play it, is. It, so it key. is. So if he if Jesus Ferrer is the starter in November in the first World Cup game, that means he would have had to improve drastically with his hold up play and his finishing when he gets that one chance with the national team. Yeah, I like that. That's some good insight. Also, you know what I like? It's the end of the show, baby. I'm calling Let's it. Let's go. And Soccer We Trust is done for this episode. And what an episode it was. We brought you yet another special guest. The hits are going to continue to happen with the special guests all the way leading up to the World Cup and beyond because obviously we're hosting the next World Cup, baby. It's going to keep going and going and going. And we're happy to provide this show for you. So thank you for all the support. Thank you for all the likes and subscribes and turn on all the notifications. So on behalf of producer Alex, producer Des, Charlie Davies, and Heath Pierce, I'm Jimmy Conrad saying thank you for watching and or listening to In Soccer We Trust. And we'll see you next time. Later. Later.